Hello everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Roy from Greyface. How are you, Roy? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome, man. It's great. And of course, my co-host, Danielle. Thanks, Danielle, for jumping in as well. How are you getting on? So, Roy, you're the singer of Greyface and you have released a brilliant single, I must say, Underground Star. Um, how was it received so far? What was the feedback like? Um, you know, so far, it's actually just been incredibly positive, which is fantastic for us because um, we'd actually planned to release right as COVID hit. You know, we had a, um, a release party, single launch, kind of all planned out. Um, and then the first lockdown came and, you know, some delays came in and then, you know, we had to kind of come back and consider things a bit. So uh, it took a good a good while, you know, it's been quite a while since we released. So for the first release back, I think we're all really satisfied so far with the reception it's getting from everything, from, from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a few cool write-ups. We got the Hot Press yeah. uh, write-up, which was fantastic. Um, and we were lucky we got on uh, RTE2, 2FM as well. I saw that, which yeah. Was, um, which was really good, you know, great for us. Um, after being gone for so long and, you know, having no shows for over a year and whatnot, it's, it can get a bit get a bit tricky for a band to kind of keep a ball rolling, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I feel like we, this really, you know, helped us getting, finally getting the song out. Um, it was really beneficial for the group and we're all really excited now to keep going. Yeah, I mean, like many bands, you were sitting on it for a while then, I presume. Mm, when well, did it come to fruition, mm, the, the actual single? Well, it's funny because um, the song, the, the song itself is from maybe like three years, three or four years old, I'd say. Okay. And it's been fairly much, fairly much the same. And, and we, we had it recorded in, um, we recorded it in Black Mountain, Black Mountain Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic studios, such a great place with a guy, James Darkin. Um, we went up and recorded that with him um, around last year, like a year and a half ago or so, I'd say. Um, and that was nice for us, you know, finally get in and to actually record it because it was, it was one of those songs that um, got a great live reaction. Yeah. And it was very much so like a, um, a live song. Yeah, it has that vibe about it, Danielle. We like to... The intro, all right, definitely, you can you can mm. definitely see that getting a crowd going. And did you play that song at Wacken then? We did. We did actually play that at, at Wacken. We've uh, always used that song as, you know, a closer to the set uh, live. That's always kind of like the last song we play. Um, and that audio actually at the, the beginning of the, the single is from um, the Academy 2. And that was um, that was 2019. I remember correctly um wow. and that was a, a good headline show and we kind of had the intention like i was saying there with we wanted it to be a live song so um have that feeling of a live song at least so having that little clip at the beginning of kind of like the atmosphere that you would get the live concert with it i think helped kind of um it was good revival for the band to come back with you know good kickstart for and anyone who'd been to a show as well before uh would kind of recognize it one of our shows um would recognize it because it's been a song that we've just played consistently throughout the last you know few years yeah excellent stuff let's have a listen to it here then
fucking lost one This bullet's bitch, this baby's got a shotgun Thriller for the pain igniting, you might just get it right And the parasite, oh, oh, I think I know That's such a great LA vibe off it as well. Isn't it, Danielle? It's just that yeah. kind of real big sound. Yeah, mm-hmm. really like Rob Zombie kind of. Yeah. Show, something that really gets the crowd going. Yeah. Love, love, love Rob Revolver, Zombie. Revolver, yeah. Yeah, but love Rob as well. That's that's really cool that you say that because um, when we were making it, we were trying to figure out, you know, because I feel there's, um, with kind of all the songs, it kind of ends up being a mix of, um, you know, one person kind of thinks it sounds like this and the other person kind of thinks it sounds like this. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I, I actually was always like, I kind of see it as a, a glam song. Like it's kind of inspired mm. by that, like eighties glam anyway, you know, like the LA scene, like sunset strip. Yeah. You got that in, in the sound. The video is very interesting as well. Um, there's a lot of theatrics. Is that a part of the band that's important to you? Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, it's 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 very much like that ritual of, of going on stage and, and and letting loose in that way, um, mm. and it really helps each of us individually. I feel to kind of bring a lot more character and entertainment to a, a performance to a show. You know, because there's there's a lot of shows you go to and 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 you know it's it's the band playing and that's amazing, but I I just feel we're in you know a kind of time period where people want a bit more. You know, yeah. they want something a bit more. Um, exciting that they can go home and talk about afterwards or, you know, tell a story about it that, you know, that they're entertained effectively. 
Mm. You think of uh, Ziggy Stardust and David Bowie, for example, they're two different personas, but like a, a visual treat live, yeah? Yeah, exactly, you know. I, I love Bowie and, and Rob Zombie as well. I was actually lucky enough um, to see him at Download, I think, two years ago now. Uh, just incredible, just so much energy and still yeah. like amazing yeah. performer as well. Yeah, he's fantastic, like. Do you saw him at Bloodstock with me, Daniel? Weren't were you at that Bloodstock? When no, um, I wasn't at that one. I seen him. Um, I seen him at Copenhagen, and I seen him at uh, seen him at Hellfest as well. Really okay. excellent life. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, and the other the other bandmates, you know, they um, our our bass player. He always said, you know, this sounds like underground star. He said Rob Zombie when he heard. Like when we were recording it, you know, because we were trying to find those, and and I was thinking, you know, eighties Velvet Revolver stuff, and for the guys, it was like a nice mix because you have that kind of industrial yes. mix with a bit of glam and mix with a bit of other stuff as well. So, yeah. So tell us about your other bandmates and how did you get together, Roy? Well, I met um, Sean or Icarus. He's our guitar player. Um, I met him taking photos for um, band he was playing with, like, should be like five five years ago now. She's here now. Um, and we just kind of, you know, hit it off after that. Um, and I was, you know, playing in a few other different bands, doing a few other different, you know, things at the time. Uh, and once myself and him kind of got together, we we really just kind of set off for a few years and had, you know, a mix of different lineups with you know, amazing other musicians and stuff. Uh, we were just kind of really grateful with, you know, our current group. We had um, our drummer, Corey, or Elu, um, he, he kind of joined in then after a while. And then um, finally we have Oshin or Ever. I was our bass player who came in, you know, more recently and he's, he's it, all together. It just finally found, uh, we finally found the kind of pieces that we needed where everything was working, how we wanted it to, and where everyone was, everyone is completely committed and, and um, we're all the best of friends as well. You know, we're, we're, we're like a really tiny group. That's which is great. fantastic for us because um, it just helps with helps with the music, helps with the chemistry. Yeah, I, I thought you were a five piece at one stage. I saw pictures of Fivey. We were, we were. Um, our, our good friend Louis, he um, a producer and whatnot. He's he kind of left to go follow more yeah, producer roles. Um, okay. Incredible, like incredible with synthesizers and stuff like that. But um, still something we very much are are excited about using the synthesizers, more electronic sound as well. Hmm. Um, mixed in with what we already have and I think our next few releases um, even following this EP will definitely shine a bit more light on that Yeah and was Afterlife to Ashes was that a previous incantation of the band or? Yeah so um, Afterlife to Ashes was was Greatface originally when it was um, Sean, Corey and I so okay. um, that was and ATA was around for I'd say we did ATA for a year or two and that was much more you know kind of straight up uh, metal band um it was it was maybe less risky, um, but I felt like that was maybe beneficial in the long run because um, we kind of got to trial and error things, you know, mm. um, see what works and see what doesn't work. And same with live, you know, we still did makeup, but in the same in the, in the same vein, there, you know, we learned what was good and bad makeup <laughs> by doing that, like rubbing our you know rubbing our faces <laughs> with uh, snazaroo from the art and hobby shop, and then like actually buying makeup now, you know, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Yeah. How valuable was the Dublin scene when you were starting off, you know, to 
I suppose, to find your way? Had you a lot of gigs? You know, had you to go to colleges or were you playing in bars or what kind of? Well, it was it was it was kind of mixed because, um, you know, when we were starting off with ATA, it was it was a lot more difficult because um, we were a lot younger. It was harder to get those all age groups, um, all age uh, shows, you know, mm. and I think we actually um, got the headline for one of the final all ages shows in Fibber's Fibber McGee's. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a, 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 a massive, you know, successful show for us back in the day. Cause it, was, it, was, um, it was like Halloween or something. Um, and it was just, you know, the right time and, and a good place. But when we first started off, you know, it was, it was more difficult for us, I feel, because we were a slightly younger band. A lot of the metal bands, you know, the harder bands are, are uh, like a little bit older than us. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I mean, we did get gigs straight off the bat. Um, this place hell who were you know the devil wants to swagger back back when we started off yeah um this place hell gave us uh like two 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 or three gigs i think and when we first kicked off and you know helped us with support and, and they were a band we really respected and um a lot of time you know we have a lot of time for um yeah. so back when we initially started off you know I'd never forget that them giving us the gigs and us just being like over the moon excited because they're so good and you know we're just starting out and stuff um, so I really liked that kind of camaraderie. I think you can get uh, on occasion in, you know, like rock metal communities, um, people kind of, you know, band together in that way. Mm. And it was really, it was really great for us as a band starting out that we got help from bands around the scene and Fibbers and all that, you know, as we kept playing, um, Wheelands, massive place that we love going to, yes. um, we played in Wheelands, I'd say playing Wheelands the most out of, uh, the Dublin venues anyway. Wow. Um, and it's not yeah, a conventional yeah. rock venue as such. It's more, I suppose, mm-hmm. kind of more trad bands or kind of solo artists playing there more so, you mm-hmm. know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was nice. And, and uh, it's kind of cool for us because I feel we, um, since we're, you know, we just try our best to mix, mix our sounds together. Um, it makes a bit more leg room for different kinds of audiences as well, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with um, stuff like that even playing Wheelands and whatnot. Uh, mm. It's come to our benefit that we have, you know, hip hop elements or um, electronic elements as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're accessible to a wide range, really. Like, you know, you're not really pigeonholed into one. Um, like, you have to support this type of band, which is which is a great advantage to you. You know, you can mm-hmm. definitely reach a wider audience that way. Yeah. I think so. And as well as that, if you maybe listen to Greyface, more than visually see them, then it's a whole different concept again, which is great, you know? Yeah. And what about the college scene? Because it's a thing that kind of, we are, we're always trying to figure out, is there a scene there that heavy metal can mine in relation to getting people interested and going to gigs? What's it like up in Dublin? Have you encountered much of that yourselves? Within within college, you know, it, it's funny you say that. Um, I, I was in, UCD, you know, the last three years or so. Um, and although it's, it's there, you know, occasionally that I never really found any metal bands there. Um, I, there's definitely a lot of bands, um, and you know, quite a lot of rock bands and maybe I'm wrong because it is a big college. So could very well be wrong on that. Um, and I met like a lot of other very talented, you know, musicians there. Um, but with regards to metal, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because uh, I wish there, I wish there was more in a way, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
or a bit more um, diversity in, in that way, uh, just within the music. Um, and I feel like I feel like it's more so a matter of um, of time because even if you look at you know mainstream artists now, more mainstream artists now, and just the music in general that's coming out today, I feel it's becoming less and less over time. You know, it's it's becoming. I'm just thinking how to word this properly, but I would say it's becoming more um, more open to different ideas um, yeah. within mm. the sound. Like even, uh, I don't know, Billie Eilish, for example. Yeah. Um, there's elements within her music that you can tell are inspired from genres that aren't, you know, yeah. what it is exactly that she's playing. Um, and I think people are kind of catching on to that more, even, you know, the whole SoundCloud rap scene. Um, it's almost like rock, rock and roll now from, you know, what it was like in the 80s, just yeah. you know, in a different kind of view, a different kind of light. So I think if things keep going the way they are, I'd surely hope that if not now, that there will be within that college group, you know, that college group to get yeah. people excited and and interested mm. in. And it's certainly something I I I I would like really love for for Greyface to do in in the same way that you see bands like Bring Me the Horizon doing in a way that it becomes more of a entrance for people who don't know as much about it to mm. get into it. I'm I'm wondering as well. Um, with college life, um, is it is a lot of it to do with trends, and also you wouldn't see the traditionally dressed heavy metal fan roaming around the college. They're, they've changed uh, drastically. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I wonder is there an element to that as well that just they're not in the in crowd, or they would be they'd actually hold back saying that they love heavy metal more than anything else. I'm just guessing. I'm I don't know. Like, I, I personally, when I was in college, I was always wearing metal t-shirts and I knew okay. a few others that were always wearing metal t-shirts. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't like it was uncool to be listening to metal, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I suppose just to kind of back up your point as well, Roy, with, um, with Italy winning the Eurovision, like that's another uh, kind of mainstream thing that's after coming in that's yeah. kind of metal. So it's... Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe it's going to turn. Maybe we'll see it, it coming back kind of more mainstream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what did you think of that band? Um, I can't even remember their name now. I think it began, this is, began with D, I think. Did you see that performance, Roy? Band oh, no. Eurovision. Yeah, the, the, the Eurovision one, uh, Maniskin. The, the, Manis, the that's the, yeah. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. I was I was actually, you know, I'd never watched Eurovision before and I feel like I'd, I'd usually be the first to kind of jump on it and be like, I... I you know just shit on it just your vision, <laughs> um, but I was so I was so impressed and surprised and and watching the um and watching the the last kind of five ten minutes of it was just so incredible because it was it was really tense and I was really hoping they'd win because it it says a lot that all the community votes went to them you know mm. I think that is like and they were saying you know it's a victory for for rock music and it is I really think it is I was I was you know impressed was happy to see it I thought it was really cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jesus, it, it certainly um, certainly put us to the fore of people's minds anyway for a, a topic of conversation for even a few days, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I just want to talk as well about your producer, James Darkin. He's worked with the Waterboys, Fun Loving Criminals, Bitch Falcon as well, Paolo Nottini. He's got a wide range. Um, how, was, how did you come across him? Um, we uh, came across him through... Uh... Kind of, I made, we met at a concert, kind of led us on to 
that is on to him. And, and um, we met with him in, in town and we just had, you know, a conversation with him and he's, he's, his solo music is so especially cool. You know, mm. it's a very industrial, um, electronic, industrial, kind of heavy electronic music. Um, and that's, you know, the, the ideal thing that we were thinking of, you know, that's mm. kind of um, a lot of what we had, like a lot of what we were writing was kind of on that level. Um, so yeah, we met with him and he just really got behind the band and he was very good at kind of getting stuff out of us, you know. Okay. Um, extra, extra things that you wouldn't think of necessarily um he was very good at um you know while we'd already be recording something you know um like for example a, a guitar part or something he'd say you know try this and then then you know there'd be excitement in the room and it would kind of yeah. build up and then you get more you get more stuff it's like well why don't we try this and then why don't we plug it into this and then mm-hmm. you know as you as you you want it to be in a studio yeah um and he and created a great the, atmosphere and, and all of this fantastic experience. And as a vocalist, how was your experience working with him? Oh, I had a, I had a great time working with him. Um, it was cool for me because uh, we set up a kind of booth, the, the vocal booth, the way in the studio was, was it was kind of in a corner, but you could close the doors in there and like literally curtain it off. So okay. like, we curtained it off and we hit all the lights and everything. <laughs> um, so we had like complete you know just mood for, for the whole time and, and he's really behind that because he really likes that because that kind of thing as well i, I felt anyway because it helps you you know it helps bring out things in in you yeah. that you want to be in the recording um because you want it to be the best it can be and and that you got to do what you got to do in order to do that i feel and was, so, and was your parts the last to go down yeah yeah so we recorded last um well i recorded last at the vocals and it was cool because we could kind of chime in and out whenever we wanted to do it during the day yeah. um and we were staying over there for the week so you know um get a load of stuff done chill out and use all the game consoles because they had like six or seven <laughs> of them they're so important <laughs> yeah. oh, they are they are like older like it's like an old atari there it's like a game cool. oh it was it was it was amazing jesus and then it was sent off to jordan silva then in los angeles mm-hmm Yes. Is that a connection through James again, or what happened there? Her holder? It's actually uh, a connection to our bass player. He, um, I think he'd been kind of researching online and, and looking around at different guys. And we'd just been kind of, you know, trying out different mixes and stuff for the songs because um, I suppose what well, we had the year, the year with COVID where we weren't gigging or anything um, and we had to delay the songs. We kind of wanted to go in and just really make sure that we wanted it. We wanted everything to be exactly how we wanted it, you know? Uh, and so we just tried a load of different people and, and Jordan's mixes are really crisp they're really clean the drum sound is really nice like loud um, effective and the guitar is nice and punchy as well um, which is just what we wanted so um, yeah he did a great job and he'll be working on some the other stuff as well mm. so like I know you probably want to keep some stuff back but in relation to the whole recording experience with James how many songs were you working on while you um, were there so we were on five songs five John, songs five, okay. five songs um which was you know a great experience for a few days we were there and we kind of prepped up everything that we wanted to do beforehand you know we had um obviously um done all the prep for the studio um but it was it's 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 hard to describe how great it is actually seeing it coming to life in there you know because um you never really know like you can play it a, a thousand times and make as many demos as you want, but I feel like you never really know until it's um, 
you know, you've just done the bits in the studio and you go back and listen to it and it's raw and you can hear it. Um, and that was a great indicator for us, you know. Mm. And was there any difficult songs there that you had to change or were you comfortable enough with the five? You know, um, we, we didn't really have to, actually, well, now that I think of it, uh, nothing that we were unhappy of, unhappy with that we received um, in the studio because I feel we had intention with everything we wanted to do there, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, but with uh, now, you know, we're kind of still adding stuff. Like we ended up adding stuff to the songs this year, um, messing around with some synthesizers, different sounds, mm. just making sure that, that everything when we do go to release it is polished and exactly yeah. how we want it to be, you know? Mm. I suppose with uh, Underground Star, the backing vocals elevate the song as well, yeah? Mm-hmm. Those, uh, yeah, we got um, three great backing singers to come in with us. Um, and that was only more recent, you know, and that was kind of something that we were messing around with the idea of and being like, oh, you know, it was it was an idea from, from quite a while ago, but I just thought it would really kind of give the song even that just extra, you know, spice, just a bit more attitude. Um add a bit more character as well, makes it more, um, and made sense with in the subject of the song as well. So um, that was a, a more new thing. So there was kind of little additions like that we were putting into the songs over the last year or so. Yeah. And I suppose with the, the lyrics of Underground Star, they're not exactly radio friendly. They're perfect <laughs> for us here in podcast world. Yeah. But um, yeah, we have one clean version circulating oh. around. Ah, <laughs> okay. Radio. But, um, so like the, the one lyric that stuck out for me was cut into the dead. She only likes the fucking last ones. Um, are you the main writer of those lyrics? Yeah. Okay. Um, so for within the band, I, I do all the lyrical kind of stuff, the vocal and the stuff. Okay. And what about that lyric there itself? How does it tie into the song? Um, I suppose the whole song is kind of, um, the whole song is really just reflecting on, um, that kind of, um, I don't know how to word 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 it properly, but I would say that there's the the character that I'm playing in the or that is being played out in the song yeah. um, is what you would imagine to be the kind of um, stereotypical idea of a rock star, like a mm-hmm. niche rock star, okay. or someone even more so who maybe thinks that they are. Um, mm. So someone who's you know egoed up, um, and even I tried to see it at least when I was making the song. I feel like it's it's more so like uh, ironic half the time than it is um, intentional because yes. you know it's like the, that first time being like and likes the, she only likes the lost ones like oh only likes you know someone who's broken this broken rock star person with this big song um, but it's not really a big song it's an underground star you're not a rock star it's yeah you're a nothing star you know <laughs> um, but. I, so I feel like with that line particularly, it's kind of poking into that idea of the like casual, um, casual sexism, casual kind of everything that you would get uh, kind of layered underneath a lot of rock music that's always just kind of been there and people just pass off. Um, mm. And I think it's, uh, I at least tried to do it in such a way that it's not a kind of in your face statement, um, yeah. not a political statement. Yeah, you have More to be so. careful these days, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a typical, like, oh, I can fix him type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the all sorts like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but the whole song is, as a whole um, really is just kind of 
poking fun into that um, that cliche that's just so overdone all the time, you know. Mm. Um, but at the same time, trying to give it some weight underneath it. And yeah, and as well as that, man, you're an Irish band that are doing it stylistically wise and theatrically wise really well, isn't it, Daniel? Yeah, definitely. It's like like when I when I seen the video and I seen photos of you first, I wasn't expecting that sound to come out of you as well. Which yeah, was, which was really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. And yeah, no, it's really unique to the Irish scene as well. So um, really excited to to hear the rest of it actually. Yeah, it's um uh, the the last thing I'll say as well about the song is that um it kind of serves as the the end of the EP, the selection of songs we're going to be releasing. Mm-hmm. So it's like the to say like the closing track um and the songs before that um give a bit more weight to at least lyrically to the content of the final song to underground star so they mm. try to shape it in some way excellent um, is it kind of a concept so a kind of a concept ep mm-hmm. yeah cool. um not a not a um not a to the t concept like a um you know like it's not a strict story kind of concept more so kind of the same idea. But there's characters inhabiting the songs. Really okay. Good. Yeah. Explaining the, yeah. Trying to like explain the songs in a way through the yeah. characters. And Roy, have you got um, a manager or are you managing the band yourselves? Um, more so ourselves, a lot of it, um, as it currently mm-hmm. is going down to our, our bass player, Oshin, he's doing an unbelievable job. Um, but there's definitely people that were, you know, um, you know, we've been conversing with on and yeah. off um, and people that, you know, good contacts and stuff, just building up names and, and, and good people to have around us. We want to be yeah. around us. Um, and you always, of course, have the best, uh, have the best interest of the band yeah. in heart. Well, it, it's, it's a small enough scene in Ireland anyway for, for someone that you could encounter would be either really good or really bad amongst, amongst yeah. such a small scene and such a, a small community. It's where it gets difficult is like where, say, record label in America comes in free or England or something like that. And then you're, you know, you really have to figure it out for yourselves, you know. It's difficult because there's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to make the right decisions. Um, mm. I feel within, within, within the music, just as the industry in general, because, you know, you never know who, who you can really trust because it's, I feel like the whole system overall, is, you know, labels and, and everything else, it's, it's, can be difficult for artists, you know, it's Absolutely. hard to, it's hard to push through, but I also think it's, you know, if your music's good and you, you work hard, then you'll get your shot. You know, yeah. 100%. You're, you're, you're dead right here, especially as I said, from Ireland, cause it's such a small scene and a band like yourselves are doing something completely different and fresh sounding as well, which is very important, you know? Thank you. So future plans. I mean, there's restrictions being lifted slowly. Um, have you got any idea of of release dates and maybe a tour or something like that? No, if you want to keep it quiet yet, it's no hassle to. Um, but that's saying that's saying too much. Um, can I expect a single, another song, uh, come next Excellent. month? Um, which is very exciting for us. And then hopefully again the next month. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. We have a show that was only announced yesterday now, um, in the Grand Social. And that is in uh, that is in October, oh. and that's going to be um, that's with uh, MCD, and um, we're very very excited about that. Is that with yourselves alone? Is it and another two or three bands? Yeah. So as of now, um, 
we were going to be announcing the the support closer to the time. Oh, but class. Overall, so okay, excellent. It's one venue I haven't been to, to the Grand Social. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I've never actually um, been to a show there. I've been in there once or twice now, mm-hmm. but um, never for a show. So I'm I'm excited to go in. Yeah, good sound and everything. Daniel, have you been? No, I've never been. Um, I've, there's been a few few metal backs there in the last uh, before COVID kind of thing. Um, so I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like an interesting place to play live, actually. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice location as well. You know, it's a good spot to be in the city. I feel, um, and it's a while away for us now, so we're really going to be pushing, pushing sales on that. The time it comes, uh, long overdue. I feel. Yeah, performance live show. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It depends on my shift, man. But if, if I'm off, I'm going to go up. Simple as that. <laughs> Great excuse to get up to Dublin. <laughs> yeah, I hope to see you. Then. It's, been, it's been too long, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, Roy, you want to add about Greyface to people that say mightn't have heard of you? Um, I would just say, you know, check out our, our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Every time we're posting up a lot on there recently, we're putting up all kinds of different clips, um, trying to keep some regular content going up, you know, um, not just stuff strictly related to the EP, other kind of um, little bits of entertainment if yeah. you know, people are looking for something to do. Um, murder uh, Greyface official pretty much everywhere. By that, no, um, just that I'm really excited to keep releasing some more music and I'm delighted that you guys enjoyed the song. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, thanks a million for coming on the show in regards to all your fellow bandmates. So thanks, Danielle, as well. So you've been listening to Roy, singer of Greyface. Their new song is out called Underground Star. Keep an eye on them because there's an EP coming down the line and I think fair play to them doing something different and uh, it's exciting. Best of luck, Roy. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, so you've been listening to Richie in the Metal Cell. Hit that subscribe button if you like the show and talk again soon.